The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning, one and all. You're listening to 900 CHML, another action-packed program for you here today. Don't forget, for the hottest listings in Hamilton and Burlington, the website to go to is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Follow the Golfie team on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. If you have a topic idea that you would like us to chew on on a future program or just a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. We do have a question that we're going to get to a little later on in the program. We'll also talk about your insurance. Summer is on the way. There are differences in terms of what should be covered uh, during the summer because we're, we're outside a little more. Maybe you're in your swimming pool. So there are some things that you should consider, especially during the summer months. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to talk about vacation homes in Canada. There is a vast difference uh, price-wise in vacation homes. We know one thing, they're all going up in price. So if you're looking to uh, rent a cottage or buy a vacation home uh, away from the city, you're going to look at a price hike no matter what. And uh, a couple of interesting tidbits of info in terms of um, a unique house, I'll call it that in Toronto, a couple that bid way over asking and still did not get a home in Ottawa, and a tiny adorable home in Hamilton that we're going to talk about. But we will begin today with what is happening in the marketplace right now. What's happening, Rob? Well, the market is still strong. It's still moving along, and there's still multiple offers, but we're starting to see less uh, uh, competing offers on, uh, on homes right now. So, like, instead of getting 20 offers or 30 offers, we're get, now we're getting down to 10 or 5 offers. So, so it is, it is going to be changing. We're seeing that there is a, you still have a bit of a market that you still can take advantage of. And if you, you know, to, to get that, um, that high price that you want, and it's just a matter of pricing it, uh, right. Basically what it is, is you underprice your house, you're going to get a lot more than, than what the value is. If, uh, if it, if it had an appraiser had to go in there and appraise the house. So, but, uh, but you could see the, the movements changing, but, in saying that, there's still a shortage of homes. It's, uh, I mean, appointments are still being booked, but I mean, it's, it, uh, people are being more selective because the prices of homes are getting to a point where people are starting to get scared. People, the buyers are like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this and, uh, and put an offer in for that much money. And uh, we just had one that uh, our clients, it wasn't in competition. And uh, we were asking uh, 629 and we had an offer for 655 not in competition 
But our clients did not want to take that offer. They said, we want 700. Hmm. And because they're listening to their na- their neighbors, they're listening to their friends at work, say, hey, everybody's getting this much money over asking this, this, and that. And so it, that that deal, it took us a week to put together. We did get them 700000 for the property, uh, which was tough because, uh, you know, they wanted they, their expectations were a certain amount. The buyer was kind of I had to really think about it. So so we're coming, I think, coming to the maybe the, the last maybe 30 days of this uh, 30 days to 60 days of this uh, market uh, before it starts uh, getting to a point where people, you know, aren't able to put a pro- an offer in because of just getting too expensive. So the the ask was six twenty nine. One of the offers was six fifty five. You managed to get them seven hundred k, which is basically seventy one thousand over asking, forty five thousand more than what uh, you know this this original offer was for. Um, that that must have been a, an emotional kind of back and forth, especially for the the home sellers. Well, yes, and the home buyers going like why like like uh, there's nobody else putting an offer in, so why am I paying more than I'm not competing? Right, and and that's the frustrating part is because, um, you know, we have home sellers now they're you know they're they're wanting more than what 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 they're they're listed for, and because they didn't get multiple offers when they were holding offers, now they're going well how come this is not working? So now now you're gonna you know. Because people still want the, the home, the demand is still strong. Say, hey, if you want this house, you're going to have to pay this much. And they're saying, why should I pay that much? There's nobody else competing. Well, that's what our, our sellers instructed us to do. They, they want that number. And, and we got them that number. But it took a week for us to do it. And, uh, you know, but and now if they were on the very, very tail end of that, they, they could have hurt themselves. So you got to be careful when you're uh, messing around with uh, stuff like that. I think the proper way of that house of getting 700 was probably not listing at 629.9. It's probably listing it at maybe 589.9 or something or 599.9. So that was the one aspect that should have been done, but they didn't want to do that route because they were worried. And, but anyway, we got them the 700. They're happy. And, uh, and, um, and everybody and the buyer has accepted that and, and the deal's done. And it, I know it's frustrating for the buyer, and they're going, what, why is that? Like, why are, you know, we paying and, you know, even other buyers that are listening to and say, that's disgusting and all that kind of, I understand that. I understand that completely. And I feel for you guys. And uh, it's just, it's just the mentality of the sellers right now. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, multiple offer situations or, uh, you know, multiple showings in, instead of 20 or 30 uh, individuals looking at a home, it's more like five or 10. Is that the result of buyer fatigue? It is, it is the results of buyer fatigue. And, and, um, I mean, we're still getting a lot of showings, but uh, people are saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compete against that. And, and, and the other thing is people aren't want, don't want to compete because they're seeing houses are selling for a hundred, 150,000 and over asking, and they're not willing to go that high. So they're backing out and saying, I'm out, I'm not interested in putting an offer in. So they're, you know, if they, it just depends. And now what's happening, this is even more crazy, is that we're saying we're holding offers. Let's say it's, it's Monday at six, uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We're, we're not, we don't even know if we got offers coming in until Monday at 3.30. Like people are, agents are waiting right to the last minute to say we have an offer. And, and it's frustrating because we don't know how to plan this uh, multiple offer situation. So when 3 o'clock comes on, and nobody's called and said we got an offer. Then all of a sudden, 
310, 315, 330. Oh, I got an offer. Are there any offers? Everybody's kind of waiting for everybody else to see what's going on. And, 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 and nobody's really meeting the deadlines that, uh, that it should be. So basically the way it should work now is all offers in at three o'clock. We're dealing with it at four, four o'clock, but really with the client, you should say, listen, we got it down for three o'clock to submit offers, but really nobody's going to be submitting them till probably between three thirty and four and four thirty. So let's let's make it six o'clock that we're going to deal with this offer. But even though the public knows that we're dealing with it earlier, and it's just it's just it's just kind of made a mess of the way people are doing that their timing on this thing, and it's frustrating because now now it's kind of you're getting this unsureness saying we're holding offers, and then at three o'clock on Monday we're like. Oh boy, uh, we <laughs> got nothing registered, and then all of a sudden, at, at three, three ten, three fifteen, three twenty, three thirty, all these uh, people are coming in with offers. So it's just everybody's just waiting and waiting and waiting right to the right end to submit the offer because they just want to see who else is making an offer, and that's what, and that's how they're determining on the price that they want to go in at. Speaking of waiting, do you get the sense that some home buyers who may have been burned by you know these escalating prices, they may have taken a step back to say? You know, yeah, home prices are going to continue to go up, but they're they're probably not going to go up by a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars if I wait until the summer. Are some people waiting maybe a few more months to jump back into the real estate game? You know what? I'm going to tell you that's a scary, scary thing to to do. I think people are just jumping in because they don't know. Like we don't know uh, what's going to happen in the market. Like it, it could even continue going this year. All the bank major banks and CMC, they predict the market to be going up all year, it, and that's just the way it is. So, um, I mean, so I mean, nobody expected that to happen last year, and and then we had a like a, a peak in December, January, and February. Things are starting. You know, there's a little bit of uh, change happening, but 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 any anything that's listed under 600 is just just getting ridiculous amounts of money for for people. Um, it's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Um, if, you know, there, there are people sitting on the sidelines because now they can't afford it. Now the house they want, it's just not, not affordable anymore. So now they don't want to go in certain areas of, of, let's say in, in the Hamilton Burlington area that, uh, that, uh, they want to live. Uh, for instance, Burlington is unaffordable. And also, uh, in, in certain parts of Hamilton, some people don't want to be, you know, living next to a factory, you know what I mean? So, and that's the only thing that's left out there. And, you know, and sometimes you may have to go there for a couple of years before you go to the next stage in your life. Yeah, it certainly is, uh, you know, crapshoot for those who are thinking, oh, we'll just wait a little bit because, yeah, as you said, uh, home prices have, have not gone down. They haven't even leveled off. They continue to go up month after month after month. And that is, you know, a scary strategy or proposition if, if some, you know, home uh, buyers, uh, people seeking their first or, or, or fifth or whatever number home uh, in their lifespan, uh, that could be, you know, a roll of the dice. So we wish them uh, the best of luck. Um, still to yeah. come on the show, we're going to talk about um, insurance and, um, you know, whether or not you are covered for certain things, especially during the summer months, because there are uh, things like pools or, or whatever the case is that you should be considering in your home insurance coverage. We also have a great question about uh, two properties that were listed 
and uh, this potential home buyer wanted to submit an offer, but uh, it didn't quite work out. We'll explain uh, how that situation panned out. We'll also talk about vacation homes. There is uh, so many people wanting to, you know, get out of the city, especially during the summer months, and uh, look at a vacation home, whether it's in, you know, cottage country or somewhere else, to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle and take your mind off the pandemic. Um, we'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about uh, three very unique situations, including a digital house in Toronto, a, a couple that bid way over asking in Ottawa and still did not get the house, and a tiny home in Hamilton that uh, you look at the price and you're thinking it might just be right for you. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. You are listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining me once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. Remember, you're calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And don't forget... The Golfie team gets it sold, and they do so in a safe manner during the pandemic. Follow the Golfie team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Still to come on the show, we'll talk about uh, your insurance needs in a couple of minutes. We'll talk about buying a vacation home and some of the uh, loopholes or price increases that you'll have to encounter. But here's a great question about, um, I guess, missing out an opportunity. My salesperson showed us two property listings, and in both cases, we wanted to submit an offer. But the properties were sold before the posted offer date. How can this happen? Yeah, so what it is, is it, uh, somebody uh, submitted a bully offer. So uh, sometimes on the MLS listing, it says no preemptive offers. That means we're not going to take any bully offers. We're waiting for that day. But if it doesn't say that, uh, then anybody can submit a bully offer, meaning that they can make an offer before that date and say, hey, here's my offer. Here's what I'm giving you. I'm not going to wait to that day. Either, you know, take it. But what should happen is when you do get a bully offer, that's an offer before the, 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 the date that you're supposed to be accepting offers. Um, you should notify all the agents that have showed the property and all the agents that are going to show the property. So we have a system on our system that uh, we can just call our, our appointment center and say, hey, listen, I've got a bully offer coming in. Please notify everybody that showed it that uh, if there is any interest of putting an offer in, please let me know right away because we got a bully offer. And the ones that are showing it, let them know that, hey, there's an, a bully offer coming in. Uh, if, you can, if there's a way we can get you in there early, try to get your people in there early so they can see it. So that's the proper way of doing it. So if a house sold without them knowing it, um, let's say they were booking a showing and didn't get through there yet and it sold before, that's probably what happened. It was a bully offer. But they should have been notified by the appointment center, especially if it's coming from us, that they, there is an offer coming in. Now, 
But if, if the ones, if the people that did show it and didn't get notified, there's some serious trouble there for the agent that has that listing because he's supposed to notify uh, all the, the, all the people, the buyer agents that went through it to notify them, Hey, we got a bully offer. Cause maybe they were waiting for that day of the offer date that, that was scheduled on the listing. So if he doesn't notify, um, he did two things wrong for the uh, seller. One, um, he, the, the seller could have got maybe a higher price. So now, you know, now you're, the guy's coming into bully. So let's get other people in there to see if, if they might do a better job, a better price. And then the agent can be in a lot of trouble because he didn't notify and he can end up getting fined uh, from uh, the real estate council of Ontario for stuff like that. Hmm. So you got to notify everybody. And that's why, uh, you got to be very, very careful if you do take a bully offer, an offer before the uh, uh, the scheduled date that you're holding offers for. Did I say that okay? Yeah. That, I, I, that, did, that, did you understand that? I, that I went, understood uh, that I explained? loud and clear. Yeah, the first kind of scenario would be obviously a miscommunication on on the uh, on the center's part, and and the second one is a little more nefarious. If you know the if the agent isn't communicating to all parties, uh, that that's a little underhanded, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? You hurt the seller by doing that. Because now you just pushed the offer date sooner. And sometimes we do get bully offers and sometimes they're pretty good. And you're going, Hmm, you know what? This is not a bad, this is not a bad price. It's, you know, cash offer. Um, you know, the check is in hand and everything. And, uh, cause you don't know what's going to happen that day. Right. You just don't know. It's, it's, it's like, you know, door number one, or do we go to door number two? And it's like, well, what do you do? Like, you know, you got, you know, like you got this in hand now, but, you may not get that in three days from now, or you might get more in three days from now. So that's, that's the mind game in this real estate business that we're in. It's just, uh, and, and a seller has to make a decision. Huh. So, uh, that's the, that's the one aspect of that. So, yeah. Uh, you can listen to our show through, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy real estate show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button. So you never miss an episode. Let's talk a little insurance. If you haven't updated your insurance policy for your home, it's probably a good time to reevaluate it, especially with the summer months. And there's a lot of things to look at in terms of uh, home insurance, right? Absolutely. So th this came across when, you know, I, I know there's been uh, uh, a couple of fires that's happened uh, on the news that we've read uh, recently. Uh, I think there was one in Oshawa that, that was a townhouse row that burned. Yes. There was also one in, uh, in Stony, uh, I think Stony Creek, another townhouse row. So here's what's happening. If you've owned your house for a long time and your insurance broker, you haven't talked to him, you just, you just pay the renewal, just keep going and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you, you may not have enough insurance to rebuild your house because the cost of uh, building is, is gone up so much right now. And, and you may be insured for maybe 80% of what to rebuild your house instead of, you know, a hundred percent. So, you know, I'm telling you like the way real estate's been going and the way cost of construction is, is up and you know, a two by four is what eight to $10 a two by four. Can you imagine you know, all of a sudden you, you, you have a fire and then you, you, you think you got the premium uh, insurance policy and all of a sudden they say, well, I know you, you've been with us for 20 years and, you know, you're only insured for, you know, 500000 500000 doesn't get you anything. And uh, so you're going to be bank like, like you're going to lose money and, and it's because that you, your insurance um, 
agent didn't update your insurance policy. So I, I think if you've been, uh, if you're, if you have a, a 10 year plus policy, I would update it for sure. Hey, if your house is selling for, you know, a million dollars and you bought for 500,000, I'm going to tell you something. You better call your insurance agent and, and tell them to reevaluate it and say, listen, I know it may cost a little bit more money, but when your house burns down and, and, and the insurance guy's going, sorry, they don't care. You know how everybody knows how tough it is to deal with insurance companies. This is the time to find out if you're up to date on your insurance and if you're up to date on value on your property. Um, and uh, I would just make the phone call and, uh, and just say, Hey, am I covered? Am I covered? And uh, if they say yes, uh, then fantastic. But uh, make sure you get it in writing by email. So then you'll always have it. So then if anything happens, that insurance agent is insured if he's made a mistake by giving you the wrong information. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we did this, my wife and I did this last summer. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the mid of the pandemic. We knew we did some home renovations. So I called up my uh, home insurance provider and said, hey, listen, you know, we, we've renovated the basement. We've renovated the main floor. You know, we put a new roof on about four or five years ago. You know, redid the driveway. You know, what are we looking at in terms of coverage and premium? And, you know, it didn't go up that much, you know, marginally, really. And for peace of mind, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend everyone do the same thing. Call your home insurance provider and say, hey, you know, we've done these updates or, you know, we have uh, a few extra valuable personal items that are in the house. Make sure you're covered. That, that peace of mind uh, just, you know, helps you sleep at night, sleep sleep better at night. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. So there's a couple other things that now if you own a, 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 a property, investment property, and it's vacant, uh, I'm telling you, make sure you tell your insurance guy. And I know vacant properties, it's a lot, it's pretty expensive, but you just don't want to gamble and have somebody, uh, if something happens to that house, because if the insurance company knows that you've got an investment property and it's vacant and something happens, they're going to say, sorry, uh, we insured you based on, uh, somebody that was living here. Now, you know, they're going to be able to tell, you know, if somebody was living there or not. So make sure that, uh, and, and you're going to hate when you find out the rates on vacant properties. I'm telling you. <laughs> They, they rob you, these insurance companies, I'm telling you. I, and, I, and the other thing is, uh, even when you're under construction, like let's say you're renovating a house and, and you're not living there, they, like they also, they want, you better let them know. I'm telling you, you just can't afford to have that risk of having that chance of your property, uh, uh, you know, having a fire, because especially if it's vacant and nobody's there and something happens and and. You just, it's just, it's just not a pleasant thing. So for, uh, you know, a little bit of more money on the insurance for a short little bit, it's worth it. So vacant properties, make sure and houses that are, uh, you're renovating, uh, even though you're there every day, just do it. I'm telling you because nobody's living there at night. Insurance companies, they're, you know, it, they're just making it tough. Uh, another thing is, um, uh, when you have tenants, make sure you let them know that, um, what else have I experienced when, uh, with uh, insurance. Well, what about uh, swimming pools? Things. What about swimming pools? We, we, we did a show not too long ago about so many, you know, everyone under the sun seems to want a swimming pool now. If you put in a pool, you better let your insurance company know that you now have a pool. Absolutely, because uh, you never know. You may have a meteor just drop right into your pool and, and, and damage that. <laughs> but, um, but like landscaping. So when I, when I moved into my house about five, six years ago, my the current house I'm living in now, I did a total renovation, upstairs, downstairs, outside, inside, outside, uh, everything, and also landscaping, front and back. And so I said, listen, I want you at my, I want you at my house, and, and I want you to determine the, uh, the uh, insurance. 
Now, I've been there for five years now. I've been seeing houses in my neighborhood selling for a lot more than what I remember my house was insured for. So I'm going to be making a call to my insurance broker and say, hey, listen, if something happened here, am I going to be fully covered? I mean, landscaping is a lot easier, especially if it's hard landscaping. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's stone and, and, and brick and whatever. But if it's regular landscaping, it, 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 there's a minimal amount. But, but the thing is, you still need insurance. I'm not a big, I believe me, I hate insurance. I pay a lot of money with some of the properties I own and, and, and with my business and everything else. And, but I, tr- I truly believe in it because if you don't need it, that's great. But if you, but if, at the time you need it, it's, 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 uh, it's wise uh, that you have it and you feel comfortable about it. A couple of other things that I, I didn't really realize. Number one, uh, new pets. You know, if you, if you get a new dog, call your insurance company because you better be protected just in case, you know, old Rusty goes after the mailman uh, and, and ends up biting, you know, the mailman. That, that, you know, that, there's an insurance factor there. Another one is trampolines, you know, similar to pools. If, you know, kids get injured in and around a pool or in and around a, ta- a trampoline, you, you know, you better be covered. And another thing, you know, we talked about back yard oasis with swimming pools people are building you know cookouts or barbecues or you know outside kitchens uh, don't put that barbecue or or cooking area too close to the home because you know there, there's obviously a fire hazard there and insurance companies are going to want to know that oh absolutely it just uh, you just got to be you got to be in touch it, and uh like, like a lot of a lot of people don't realize you know people have things in their backyard and uh and they may not be insured for so it's like i knew there was um, a fire that happened now there was a guy that's looking at building a house on this property and the house was uh vacant and there was I, i'm not sure if there was electrical fire because of mice eating wiring i i don't know i don't know the whole aspect so there was a fire on this property the guy was going to tear it down and build anyway so um he to him, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. It, it really, but, but there's an opportunity for him to collect insurance possibly if he wants to or not. I, and, uh, I, the guy called me and he, and I said, well, be careful. I says, you know, if you file a claim on with a, a fire that has, you know, on the house that, and you collect insurance, getting, in, getting insurance is tough after that because now that property is stigmaed. Uh, that there was a fire there. Even even though you're going to tear it down and build, it does have the stigma. So all insurance companies have a record. They're going to look at it and say, "Hey, this property had uh, has um, has a record of having a fire." So so if you have any major big claims on your house, there is a database that people can collect and and get and see if there's been any claims on that. Insurance companies have that. Hmm. So if you're switching one insurance company to another. They're going to know what they're going to know if, if there's a big claim made on that property. So, you know, just there's like they've got a database just like anything else out there. When dealing with your insurance company, we know that uh, property values have gone up substantially over the last number of years. And if you haven't contacted your insurance company over the last number of years to get them, you know, an updated uh, assessment on your house is a, I know the golfie team offers free home evaluations. Is a home evaluation the same as a home assessment? Home evaluation is based on what a willing buyer is willing to pay at the time. Uh, the appraisal is based on history. So an, appraise, an appraiser, when they appraise a house, uh, uh, they based on the information that they have at hand that closed. We base it on what we think a willing buyer is willing to pay. Right. Now, um, there's also 
uh, the actual value assessment from MPAC they can use, but sometimes that's off, especially on the higher end homes. You may have a house that's worth 2.3 million, but on the MPAC it says it's worth 1.7. And so like, you gotta be very, very careful. Having an evaluation on at the time uh, does give a little bit uh, more uh, precedence, I think, over um, over a, an appraiser. It just depends what it's used for. Banks, they use appraisers. Uh, people that uh, are looking to see what their home is worth or what a willing buyer is play, they use a realtor. Makes a lot of sense. How much does it cost to buy a vacation home in Hamilton? We will bring you the answer when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. Uh, joining us from One Markland is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfy.com. That's the website. That's Rob G O L F I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Follow the Golfy team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. If you have a question for the Golfy team or a topic idea, you would like us to tackle in a future program, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. How much does it cost to buy a vacation home in Canada? There are a lot of people who want to get away from the city, maybe buy something in cottage country, just get away from the hustle and bustle of it all. Well, a new report shows that, uh, you know, (laughs) there's definitely a price increase from 2020 to what's expected here in 2021 over the next couple of months uh, all across the board. For instance, in Ontario, uh, the average price uh, for a vacation uh, or recreational house, $469,000 or four sixty-seven, pardon me, in change. Uh, it's expected to be five forty-seven this summer, so about a 17% rise. And there's increases across the board. Vacation homes are becoming uh, increasingly popular, aren't they? They are, and even uh, like uh, uh, buying RVs and trailers and everything else like that, everybody is just jumping and looking for a place to be uh, away from their own personal home uh, this summer. So um, I know I was trying to book some some places in, in Ontario. Every provincial park, Algonquin and all the provincial parks, book solid right through the summer. Hmm. There's nothing available. Uh, so you literally had the book five months ago if you wanted anything uh, at the provincial park because the the ear- earliest day you can book is 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 five months to the day that you d- decide to drive into whatever provincial park. So, but also um, like I, a friend of mine, uh, he's uh, bought a, a cottage uh, up north and he's moving in. I think at the end of May, so he's going to enjoy the summer 
uh, up north. And I think he's actually moving there as a permanent residence because he can work out of his uh, out of his house. So, um, yeah, things are changing and prices of uh, cottages are definitely going up. And I think that it, they're going to see record numbers this year in uh, in Ontario or even across Canada. Yeah, Canadian recreational homes expected to jump in price by 15% in 2021. Again, that's, that, that is nationally. Ontario, I mentioned a hike of 17%. That matches Atlantic Canada. Quebec expected to go up by 15%, 9% in the prairies, 6% in Alberta, 13% in BC. And out of all of those regions, Alberta is listed as the most expensive, which I would never have guessed, $942,000, the average price, an increase of 6%, which is the lowest on the list, but still the highest price overall. And you're probably talking about places in, you know, Banff, Alberta, near the Rockies, Canmore, Camrose, or Kananaskis, all, you know, uh, uh, great destinations with, you know, amazing sight lines, beautiful fresh air, uh, crystal clean water, probably a nice place to be over the summer. Oh, absolutely. I know it, it is. It is expensive in Alberta. So that sounds like a place uh, I think I got to check out and and uh, uh, visit. Uh, I haven't I have never been to Banff. I, I hear a lot of good things about it, but definitely uh, um, I, I can't believe how uh, how these vacation properties are just going up. And, you know, it's like everything else, anything, you know, like I mean, nobody's vacation in in probably just over a year. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, people are getting the itch and they're and they're and they're doing their they're traveling in different ways. Like this, like this summer, you know, we booked uh, different areas uh, uh, across Ontario to, uh, to go as a vacation and at, at uh, you know, like camps, camp resorts, RV resorts and stuff like that. So I was able to manage to rent uh, an RV quite a few times throughout the, the summer um, so that we can, you know, do something. Cause that, you know, like it just uh, like, you know, just something to change it up a bit. We got to change it up and hopefully uh, uh, they're not closed down. And, uh, and enjoy the summer with different uh, locations to go to. I, I was oh so close to visiting Banff uh, back in the late 90s. My wife and I were living in Fort McMurray, Alberta, which is way north of Edmonton. And uh, that summer, we uh, were planning a trip to you know Banff and, and some of the other great hotspots in uh, Alberta. But lo and behold, I got a job to come back to Ontario, so I never did get a chance <laughs> to go to Banff either that summer or, or since. Uh, it's still on the list, but uh, hopefully uh, it'll be realized sometime soon. But uh, anyone who's thinking about uh, taking a cross-Canada trip, Banff is certainly a place you should uh, add to your list. When we come back, we're going to talk about a home in Toronto that was uh, sold for more than $600,000 but the home doesn't really exist. We'll explain when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. One more go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining me once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today at 905 575 7700 online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. And follow the Golfy team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. This story certainly caught my eye because here is a home in Toronto 
that sold for more than $600,000. It was sold uh, to an internet art collector who has purchased this property, which is being called a non-fungible, I think I'm saying that right, a non-fungible token for roughly $616,000 Canadian. Here's the catch, though. The house doesn't physically exist. This is the first non-fungible token house in the world. It is a 3D file that's meant to be explored in virtual reality or eventually through augmented reality. This is strange. (laughs) You know what, Rick? That shows you this guy has got so much money, he doesn't (laughs) know what to do with. And he's putting his money, uh, like, literally, he paid over $600,000. And and he bought it with, uh, again, uh, 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 a cryptocurrency. Currency. And who does that? Like, I mean... Like you got to be a billionaire or like you just got to have like $600,000 to a billionaire's pocket change. It's like having 10 cents in our pocket. Yeah. Actually, it's like having maybe, I don't know, one penny in our pocket. Like it's just like to us, like that 600,000 is a lot just to have something. Hey, uh, and I guess he said he bought it so that he can actually have it behind him. And if he's doing uh, Zoom calls and he has it virtually, you know, behind him, yeah. uh, it's, it's like an art that they look at. Um, I, I honestly, you know, I, I don't know if this is the trend where it's going. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's like having something that nobody else has right now. So he's, you know, he's obviously hit the, um, the news feed, uh, all across, uh, probably Canada and, and the United States. But, uh, but yeah, I, did you, I, I'm not sure if you got a chance to look at it. I don't know if you had time to look at it, Rick, because I, I, uh, yeah, no, got- I, I saw it. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's great, but I mean, it it's not a real house. That's no, the stumbling block for it, me. And it's not something, I don't know if I'd be excited to have something like that. Yeah. Would I buy, okay, so here's the thing. So if that thing came across and they said, hey, you can have this, it's $100, uh, you could pay $100 for it, and you got this virtual house, and you own it, I don't think I'd even pay that for no, it. Like, no, I wouldn't either. It, you know, so obviously... Uh, you know, uh, I guess you know uh, billionaires. Uh, I'm assuming is a billionaire if you're going to spend six hundred thousand on 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 uh, nothing. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. That's my opinion. I'm sure there's some people out there in the world of uh, internet. They're saying, "What is he talking about?" He doesn't know, and they're probably right. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think. <laughs> but that, anyway, I, think that, like... I, I just feel that uh, I I saw it looked pretty cool. It was a cool little video that I I saw, and yeah. it just you know shows Mars behind it with this house built on planet mars and it's like a virtual but uh i personally wouldn't buy it um but i'm not a billionaire so i wouldn't know so i guess so this is what what, what do you think rick would you would you buy something like that i would not buy it even if i was a billionaire really i mean this is not my cup of tea i mean it's it's basically art is what it is it's a virtual kind of existence where i don't know i guess this individual really got got their kicks out of you know owning such a thing but i mean this is really anything new we just saw i think it was a couple of weeks or a couple months ago um, that there was an art sale in a, in a virtual auction uh, or a virtual art uh, piece was sold at auction for $69 million or, or $90 million Canadian. And the founder of Twitter sold his first tweet that he sent for $2.9 million. And I didn't know this was even in, in existence. Gucci reportedly selling digital shoes for $18 a pair. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. So, so these are shoes and that shoes you, you can't can wear, have, you, but you can't, but you wear, can't them. wear them. No. 
No. Yeah, it's just the, the, this world is. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how. I, I'm seeing. Happening. I'm seeing this as an opportunity. I'm going to sell something virtually for millions of dollars and then just retire. Yeah, you know what? I got to come up with something. <laughs> something virtually. I got to come up with something and uh, and uh, that somebody that might be uh, might be interested in uh, uh, the golfy team has. I don't know what uh, what I don't know, Rick. That, I, that's I the know. thing. You got to you got to find a willing I, buyer. Yeah, right? Do I have anything that's of value? I don't know. You got to find a willing buyer. <laughs> I got to find a willing. I just need one. If I can sell it for a million dollars, that's it. I just need one guy to buy it. Is there some? Do I, I got to figure that what that is that somebody will buy that I have that is worth a million dollars? I don't know. If I would, if, I, I just, uh, I just got to find that one uh, billionaire that uh, that maybe uh, is interested in something that we have. I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm picturing uh, people crazy. scouring their basements or the garage for some junk that they can <laughs> sell virtually. Uh, we're, we're out of time. So we're going to talk about this Ottawa couple that bid way over asking and still did not get the house that they were looking for. And we'll talk about an adorable tiny home in Hamilton that the price might just be right for you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We are back next Saturday at 9 right here on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.